You're like living on a fucked up timeline. Welcome to another episode of Let's Rewatch, the show where we like to watch movies that we loved in our youth and see if they're actually still any good. I'm Nick. I'm Brett. I'm Sam. And I'm Ash. And so this time around, we decided to put the uh, the choice of a movie out to a vote. Yeah. So this was a, uh, a Twitter poll that we put out. The options being... A night uh, you're gonna have to help me out, Ash. A night's, a night's tale, tale, Mighty Ducks, Mighty Ducks, Napoleon Dynamite, and Slither. I voted Slither. Did you? I had never even heard of Slither, and then I looked it up, and I thought I really want to watch this. Yeah, actually, I I remember Slither because side note, side tangent. I remember Slither because Brett was like all over that movie whenever it came out. What was that like? High school? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you were so into it. I remember you guys were really into it, and I just didn't want to go because I thought it was like a serious horror film. And, and then I not. watched the trailer. Yeah, and I was like, "What? This is a campy comedy." I had no idea hmm. yeah, with the Nathan Fillion. Nathan Fil- okay. Wait, it's Nathan Fillion. Su- Nathan Fillion is Holy in the movie. Shit, I forgot. Yeah. yeah, is the director James Gunn? And I was like, "Whoa, I gotta check this out." It's yeah. it's the perfect like it's the perfect horror movie for me, which is that it's it's not trying to be too scary, but there's at least one very memorable, horrifying moment, mm. and then a lot of comedy. Like it's great. So we'll is get there like, eventually. <laughs> like Cabin in the Woods. Um, it's uh, personal opinion better than Cabin in the Woods. Oh fuck you! Uh, By the way, <laughs> that is a high bar. <laughs> You are correct, Nick. It is James. It is James Gunn. Okay, who, of course, we know from Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes. Yeah. So I mean, I wasn't trying to say that uh, Cabin in the Woods was bad. By the way, I uh, Cabin Woods is great. Yeah, he's just saying this is even better, which is a lofty claim. (laughs) Well, it does have Nathan, so. So we don't get Nathan Fillion, but we do get Alan Tudyk. Yes. Uh, because the movie that was voted to the top is A Knight's Tale. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. You're excited. I thought oh Ash God. would be excited. This is something Ash has been wanting to do for a while. I yes. know. It's a, yeah, me too. And I'm really excited. I'm so glad Ash put it out to Twitter and that Twitter <laughs> won. Good. Yeah. Awesome. Because I felt bad. I was like, this is two movies in a row that I've suggested. I feel kind of bad. But I was like, it's so good. Spoke. So... I know I'm kind of jumping the gun, but this is like my favorite guilty pleasure movie. Like, really? I love it so much. Nice. Now, guilty pleasure suggests that there's something wrong with the movie that you're tolerating because you love it. Do you think that's an accurate description? Uh, guilty. Okay. I, that's not how I define guilty pleasure. I define okay. guilty pleasure of something that artistically is not a good choice, but for some reason I love it. I always feel like guilty pleasure is like, I'm embarrassed that I like this thing. A little bit of that. But I still watch it, which is how I feel about Supernatural. I'm like, I'm embarrassed that this thing is actually kind of (laughs) good and I watch it. That's funny. When you started saying that, it's like, all right, let's get some examples. Yeah. (laughs) I think for me, and Supernatural reminded me that my guilty pleasure is probably The Flash. 
Ah, uh, yeah. Like those DC TV yeah. shows right now are not good. No. But if not. you want to turn your brain off and just watch something with a format that you're used to, yeah. those things work. I mean, it's not just if you want to turn your brain off. It's like if you want your brain forcefully turned off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was extremely There depressed. is no plot to process. The, those shows, those DC CW shows are like a televised lobotomy. Like, yeah. <laughs> I was very depressed after the election to the point where I just didn't see anybody in the world for a week and just watched The Flash <laughs> because it could just like it could keep my attention but barely. Was he the superhero yeah. you needed? Yeah, I guess he was <laughs> the the milk toast superhero that I needed. <laughs> see, I I felt the same way about uh, Big Bang Theory when I first started watching the show. Was when. I was mm. at home and because my grandma wasn't doing well, so I was there to help. And <coughs> it was too. just on TV. Yeah. And I, so I just started watching it and I like fell in love with it because it cheered me up when I was not feeling good. And you there's, know. there's a lot to be yeah. said for that. Yeah, totally. Yeah. For me, that's how I met your mother. Was oh, like, yeah. Like the unemployed. But that's actually but good. How I met your mother is great. Yeah. Though. Yeah. <laughs> True for the first few seasons, but, but she like binge watched mm -hmm. it like nonstop for weeks. Yeah, and oh, like I, and oh, ended wow. this ended the series and started over immediately. Not ended. I got there's a threshold for me, which is like season four or five, and after that point, I'll just go back and start from the beginning. And I've wow. done that like four or five times now. I have. I never, never. finished that show, so I still don't know yeah. how he met my mother. I oh. had it spoiled. <laughs> But I have never seen it. I don't want to. Like, I don't want to know I need know to go back that... and finish it. So, uh, Nick, did you see that article last week? I don't want to talk about it too much, but this is for you and for our listeners. There was a great article about the DC superheroes. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, TV or movie? The TV. Uh, and it was the top 25 DC superhero names that also sound like sex toys. Oh, <laughs> God. Very inappropriately, huh. I was talking about that article at work today. It's nice. it's a good article, and like they make some strong arguments. Wow. I'm trying to hard. I, I'm having a hard time thinking of any. Pun intended. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did, no, I don't remember what I said. <laughs> uh, memor memorably, uh, what, what was it? Uh, one of them's name is is like actually named Vibe, right? Hmm. I can't remember. They were all good. Uh, Marvel called Quake. Doctor oh. Doctor Midnight was good. Yeah, Doctor. Oh man. <laughs> reverse <laughs> Flash. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Reverse oh, Flash. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, check it out, guys. Yeah. So let's talk about Night's Tale. I actually would not even classify this as a guilty pleasure, but I do remember it being a movie that I liked and a lot of people hated. Yes. That's kind of the memory I have of it. I was just, I don't know if I'm jumping ahead on you as well, but I was i was just pulling it up on iTunes and um, it had a 53% wow. rating on the critic rating, but the user rating is 4.5 out of 5. Yeah, that's so the 50, what I remember. It's like yeah, crit critically reviled. <laughs> is the Rotten Tomatoes critics hated okay. it. And from what I remember is the reason why people hated this movie was because it was one of, if not the first time, that people did a period movie and didn't do period accurate music. 
Well, I think yeah. that was the big selling point of this movie. Mm-hmm. And it was a weird gonzo thing that I could understand people hating. Yeah. But I thought it was kind of brilliant. Yeah, but I mean, it was like one of the first times. And so that's why I think critics... You say it's one of the first times. Is this something that other movies have done since? Yes. I can't really think of oh, anything yes, that's done that. Marie um, Antoinette. Yes, Marie Antoinette has done okay, it. Okay, I haven't seen that. It's it's so <laughs> commonplace now that you probably don't even like register it. Didn't the Gatsby Dude. movie do it? Oh, we talked about this a little bit with uh, Westworld. Westworld. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say Westworld. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So this movie is written and directed by Brian Helgeland, who is one of those writers that you probably love, but you don't know you love. Um, I'm a huge fan of Payback. The, uh, oh, Mel I've Gibson never seen movie. that. I want to see it. <laughs> yeah, I really recommend that. But he, he started with Tales from the Crypt, uh, and then his first movie was Nightmare on Elm Street 4 which I think is one of the better of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. Oh, yeah? Better than the first one? No, the first one is always the best, but it's there were some bad Nightmare on Elm Street so movies. So you're telling me <laughs> the first one's the best? Yes, oh without boy. question. It's okay if you don't like it. It's it goes still the downhill best. quickly. Yeah. Oh, it goes the worst. The second movie is just garbage. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. But uh, he More also... garbage than a blow-up doll being sucked through a peephole in a door. That was garbage. Well, it was low-budget effects. <laughs> Got to cut him some slack. But yeah, Helgelin wrote some movies like L.A. Confidential. Um, the Ooh, uh, that's the, a good uh, one. Uh, Ridley Scott version of Robin Hood, Mystic River. Um, but he also wrote and directed Payback, Knight's Tale, The Order, which I'd never seen, but has a lot I don't of even know what that is from Knight's Tale. And he direct, writ, wrote and directed 42. Um, wow, I have seen only this film of his. Of Wait. all, the, you haven't seen L.A. Confidential? No, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Mystic River. I have not seen Mystic River. I remember when it came good out. Movies though. on this list. Is Sharon Mystic River, or am I thinking of Mystic Pizza? Yeah. Mystic Pizza. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's uh, that's a pretty awesome mistake. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I think that our our lineup of actors are really interesting. Um, we've been talking a lot recently about Heath Ledger. Um, yeah, another Heath. If you couldn't tell, I was a bit of a Heath fan yeah. back in the day. I'm going to back in the day say something about Heath Ledger, but I want to watch the movie first, uh-huh. and I may or may not say something after the movie. Don't you dare shatter our love for him. But the other big actor in this, well, maybe he's not the, the biggest, but I'm a big fan, like under-the-radar fan of Mark Addy. Oh, Yeah. Who what he's he's one of these guys who's like Wait. a real fucking actor mm-hmm. and you don't even recognize he's Robert Baratheon in yes. Game of Thrones. Yeah. The, oh. What? The original king in Game of Thrones. He's Fred Flintstone in the Flintstones <laughs> movies. Oh, what? Wow. He's Friar Tuck in the Ridley Scott Robin Hood. This guy has got some fucking what? range. This wow. guy is a really, really good actor. What else has he been? I feel like I've seen him in something else too. Oh, he's been in a bunch of stuff. Oh, just, the Full Monty. He was in the Full Monty. Oh, he, he was, was one of the so guys in good Monty. in that. That's what I recognize him from. Yeah, so this is like one of those guys who does very different stuff. Like Lev Schreiber. Like sometimes action star, sometimes nerdy guy. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's amazing the range he has. Must have good headshots. I've got one for every <laughs> occasion. Yeah. Uh, but we also have Rufus Sewell who I remember from Dark City. Oh, yeah. Oh, 
that's a good one. Yeah. Well, well, <laughs> I went back to that recently and tried to watch it and only oh, got halfway through. Oh, no. Yeah, it's more like so. dark shitty, man. Oh, no. I remember it well. I'm definitely <laughs> it might be not interesting to check it. it out for this podcast. You know, you know what it was is Dark City had like their ads on lock. Like it was I remember the ads and then like the movie just never stacked up. Hmm. I remember really liking it, but going back recently, I did not. But Rufus Sewell also did a couple of big uh, presidential biopics. He was in the John Adams HBO series, and he was in Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter, <gasps> the uh, historically oh, yeah. accurate yes. uh, presidential biopic. That was great. Did you I know, see that? You know, I still that? haven't seen it. I'm actually not sure if I have seen it now that I think about it, because nobody would watch it with me. It was like uh, the dumb escapist vampire nonsense I wanted. Like, all yeah. vampire movies should be Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. Like, I didn't finish it, but I watched half of Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, and I was like, okay, the, obviously the plot of this movie is just, like, f fucking gonzo, but, like, if you can just <laughs> sit back and enjoy it for, yeah. like, the nonsense it is, it's pretty great. I read half of that book, and I said, all right, I get it, and I moved <laughs> on, because I didn't see it getting any better or worse, just it's the same joke over and over. I would imagine the plot of that that movie minus the the zombies would be boring as fuck. Correct. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Just describe Jane Austen. I could totally yeah. understand that because the zombies are the one exciting thing. Yeah. Yeah. Jane Austen's pretty boring stuff. Pride, I like Pride it. Pride and Prejudice. And what's the other one that you watch? Or is that the same um, one? The one with the troll. Yeah. There's the one with just uh, just a name. So there's Pride and Prejudice, which they did a remake with um, the chick who was in Pirates of the Caribbean, and then there's Sense and Sensibility with oh that uh, one. I love that one. Is that the one I make fun of a lot? No, no. you make fun of the remake. Okay. With what's her face? Whose name I can't. Every remember. time Sam sits down to watch it, I just nightly, like you. start talking, and she's I like, "Shut up! Shut up!" <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, he's referring to an event that was like. Seven years ago, by the way. I have not pulled that movie out of the case since the first time I got it. It was that memorably he awful. ruined it the oh, first man. time I was watching it. I think Jane Austen ruined it. <laughs> oh, my God. Thank you, Nick. No. Sense and Sensibility with Emma Thomas and uh, Thompson. And um, I'll Never Let Go. What's her oh, name? Oh, Kate. 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 Kate Hudson, not Kate Hudson. Hudson? No, Hacking? that's the wrong no. one. That's the wrong Kate. <laughs> not Kate. Whatever. Oh. I'll take yeah, Famous Kate's for 800. <laughs> Her. That is a great movie. And Severus Snape is in it. Oh. Dude. Oh. Maybe we need to put it on the list. Yowch. <laughs> we need to riff. I'll, I'll do that if we riff tracks it because I will, I will murder that Shut movie. Shut the fuck up. You will not ruin that movie for me. You don't know what's good. Do you see? Do you see? So this movie also has two other big actors for me, Paul Bettany and Alan Tudyk. Alan Tudyk. Uh, yeah, I, they're both awesome. He, I remember Alan Tudyk stealing the show. Okay. Stealing. I think that's Alan Tudyk's job. Yeah. He did that in Firefly. He did that in Dollhouse. He did that in Rogue One. Yeah, seriously. Like, that dude just walks in and steals a movie. Like he's the only likable thing about Rogue One in my <gasps> opinion. I liked several things, but he he becomes the reason to watch Dollhouse. 
I've never seen Dollhouse. Yeah. People talk about you, it a lot. You've got to watch Dollhouse. It's pretty good. Yeah, just give it a few episodes and yeah. I never finished it, but I remember liking it. And then, of course, Paul Bettany, we know as he's currently the Vision in all of the Marvel movies. Um, but I'm a huge fan of the Master and Commander books and the movie. And he's Dr. Matron in that movie. And freaking brilliant. I think he also steals this movie as well. Yeah. I just remember him and Alan Tunick just being fucking hilarious. The, the interesting thing about Paul Bettany's character in this movie, like, I don't remember this movie well. And here's... Here's how I realized that I don't remember it well, is that I was getting kind of excited about talking about how much I like Pete Postlethwaite. And then I was thinking, well, wait a minute. Is that is that this movie or is that Dragonheart? Oh. And I think, and it is, it's Dragonheart. So I think Paul Bettany is kind of the same role as what Pete Postlethwaite does in Dragonheart. I don't know that I've ever seen Dragonheart, actually. We've talked about it a little bit. Well, that, it was made that right one should be Jurassic on the list. Park, using all the same tech. Yeah. And it's just a great story about a dragon and like this. Uh, Wait, is not... the dragon's name Mjeller? No. no. I can, I can like Sean No, I think that's Old Yeller. <laughs> no, I no. saw a dragon movie where I feel like, I don't know. Now yeah, I that one know. I remember liking. And then also like all of my memories of it are, man, I shouldn't have liked that. I don't, I don't agree. I think it's got some good stuff. Well, we gotta yeah, watch I it. I I want it to be good, but I can't imagine that it is because I liked it as a kid and I had really <laughs> shitty taste as a kid. Is that going to be illustrated as we watch Night's Tale? Uh, this one I really enjoyed through college, so I don't know. Yeah, but it has I mean, been a looking, long time. Looking at the writer director, looking at some of these actors, I can't imagine it not being great. But there is that weird alternate way of telling the story that they use in this movie that, I don't know, I remember really enjoying, but maybe it'll feel weird this time. Yeah, I mean, even like I was pulling it up, like I said, on iTunes and like the first from New York Magazine, like it gave a little blurb from their, you know, critique back in the day. And they were harping so hard on the music. And that the fact that the music wasn't period correct. And I think... Seems like kind of the point. Yeah. At the time, I think it was just so forward thinking that people couldn't handle it. And they... Yeah. A lot of people labeled this film. They just couldn't look past that. And yeah. so they didn't enjoy the film for what it was. So it seems here's, so weird to me. I, this is me looking back and my memory could be inaccurate. But something that I think A Knight's Tale did that helped sell the music was that their costumes were also not 100% period accurate. They felt more mm. modern. Like the girl, the main girl has like a bright green dress that feels very mm -hmm. modern and it has like feathers and her hair is all like modern. Yeah, that's true. So I, I think that is what helps sell it to me. But we'll see if that is still true. I think I remember reading an article when the movie came out about how the filmmakers felt like these jousters were, in a sense, the what? I, I just uh, never heard that word. Is that Jouster? the word? Yeah, well, it is now. <laughs> it makes sense Maybe it's to me, not. man. These, are, are they the court jouster? No, that's, that's a, a jester, Nick. Yeah. Get your yeah. shit together. Yeah. I don't know. It's, I, <laughs> but is it like the a, word makes sense? I just never heard it said out loud. Like anyway. a joust man or joust joustman, joustist. The Joustman? Yeah. 
they felt that these joustmen <laughs> were like the rock stars of their time. And so is that not the case? No, it, I mean, it, it was historically, but yeah. like basically that was the motivation for the rock music was they uh -huh. felt that they were the rock stars of their time and thus they wanted to bring the modern rock star vibe, yeah. you know, to the movie. Interesting. Yeah. My, my thought about it is like, and this kind of uh, belies my, my uh, prediction for the movie, is that uh, a lot of critics and, and people in general can't, enjoy something like based on what is taught to them. And it's like, this is one of those things where if you're going to do a period movie, use the period music and, you, you and go off of expectation. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, but it's good. And you can see that it's yeah. good. And like, mm -hmm. you're still going to shit on it because it's just not the thing that you were taught. Well, uh, yeah. So I'm expecting it to be good. Uh, but like, this is one of those things where I remember that this opening scene was awesome because of the music. That was one thing that they taught me in art school was like, we're teaching you these rules, not so you treat them like rules, but so you know when to break them. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people who study film don't get that caveat. And they're like, yeah, here's the rules. Don't ever fucking break them. Yeah. So yeah, I'm curious. I, I think most of the time professional film critiques aren't actually filmmakers, you know, they don't really. Yeah. I thought you were going to say they critic, aren't actually right? film critiques because a lot <laughs> of the, a lot of the ones that I read are just summaries of the film and it's like, okay, cool, but. Yeah, I could just yeah, watch movie. Yeah, yeah. Like that, like that NPR movie review thing where they never actually talk about the movie and they just say, like, here's the plot of the whole movie. Let's move on. It's like, I hate you. I hate you so much. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I think that's one reason why I really like Tarantino, you know, because he doesn't, I mean, he does in some movies, but in some movies he just says, fuck that whole three-act structure thing that you see in every other movie, yeah. especially Death Proof. Yeah, let's you know, just have like, some chicks like talking around acts. a table. <laughs> but it's just <laughs> like the, the whole structure falls out the window, and sometimes that's great and that's refreshing rather than just hitting the beats that you expect to hit yeah. in totally. every movie. Yeah. I don't like it because it's different. So here's the question I want to ask. Is there a good movie about knights in shining armor? You know, this like, one. I always talk about how bored I am with westerns. Uh-huh. Are you bored are, with knights as well? Nick? I'm kind of bored with knights. Oh no. Like are are there any good movies about knights and medieval stuff? Yeah, this and, one. And I'm okay. <laughs> but but aside from, like don't I don't count Lord of the Rings. I don't count fantasy. Monty oh, okay. Python? No. Uh it's like, well, do you count Robin Hood? I think Robin Hood does count. And okay. I think the one with um Alan Rickman and uh mm -hmm. and I don't know why I'm forgetting his name. I think that one was pretty good, but How I haven't about seen the one it. With Wait, the Alan Rickman one. <laughs> Kevin Costner, I remember, yeah. Ooh, maybe that one should be on the list because I think I hate that movie. I couldn't watch it all the way through. I've never seen it. I mean, it's Kevin Costner, I believe, is terrible, and Alan Rickman is brilliant. And yeah. that makes for a weird movie. Alan Rickman <laughs> is pretty rapey, if I remember correctly. And it was like. Yeah, but that's the Sheriff of Nottingham. Well, that's yeah, the point. Yeah. I mean, but it was like, I think maybe at the time I watched like it, I was like, he's Severus Snape. And I was like, oh, I don't like that. Oh, that movie came out a long well, time before. Yeah, I know. But. You can't call Hans Gruber Severus Snape. Thank you. Oh, my God. Hans Gruber is doing magic. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, is is there anything like maybe Dragonheart? 
but, but that would be fantasy. It is, yeah, fantasy. and it's not really knights. Yeah, uh, I had such high hopes for timeline, but it, the book was great and the movie was garbage. I never saw that. This makes me want like, uh, uh, like a Daniel Day Lewis is a knight traveling across medieval Europe, like just fighting alone. Oh my god, that'd be amazing. Hmm. You He's know, getting a little old. I it. It's not, it never happened, but I bet that Don Quixote movie would have been amazing. Yeah. The Terry Gilliam. If, if you can count that. I really like the Count of Monte Cristo. Ooh. Yeah, that's an awesome movie, one. but I that's certainly not medieval times. True. It's approaching that period, but not quite. Was there, was yeah, there so, a, a movie where the guy has <laughs> uh, the Iron Mask? Uh, man, Iron Mask. Did that have knights? Oh yeah. I think that's almost to Monte Cristo times. That's yeah. like Three Musketeers times. Yeah. Or am I in thinking? Fact, does that story it inter- interact with Three Musketeers? I, I believe it does. I think they show up. Is that fucking Matt Damon in that movie? I want to say it's Leo. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, I think so. They're like the same person in my head for some reason. So I don't know. Maybe this movie is how you make. Knights in Shining Armor, good. Man, you know, I just looked it up and Google gave me a list. And Movies about knights. This really might be the best I mean, one. It's this or it's Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. But <laughs> that would be fantasy. So it's there's Robin Hood, so there's Excalibur, huh. there's the 13th Warrior, no. Lady Hawk, <laughs> that's fantasy. There's the really awful, and I forgot about it, King Arthur movie yeah. with Kira Knightley. Oh, oh I've gosh. That. Was that Tony Scott? I feel like Tony Scott directed uh, one of these. I don't know. I can find Night ish movies. Night ish movie. Uh, director? No, not Tony Scott. <laughs> You're not going to get to tell us who? <laughs> I can't Just fuck that guy. his name. Antony. I don't know. How do you say that? Uh, oh, Anton Fuca. I love that dude. He. But Brett hates him. He directed um, Training Day. Oh. Train, don't you hate Training no, Day? No, I no. hate Sam Training Day. Sam hates Training Day. I, I like am, Training yeah. Day. They made yeah, a Antoine fucking Fuqua TV show out of Training Day. Why? Man. Yeah, I got to check that out. Oh, oh, I got one for you, uh, which I bet you no one else has seen. But The Court Gesture is a very good movie. No, it, it's it's pronounced Jouster. Jouster. <laughs> <laughs> The court jouster, but it's a uh, an old Danny K movie huh. that um, is that makes sense. I think mm-hmm. to get a good pirate or knight movie, you need to go back to the fifties or the yeah. 40s. That's probably the science. Yeah, it's nineteen fifty three, and if I mean, I or nineteen fifty six. I'm sorry, but um, Danny K is just brilliant. One of the masters of comedy, and he sing. He has a beautiful singing voice, so it is. I think it's a musical. But um, just hilarious, like one of the masters. Okay. Uh, and I don't believe that there's any magic or any dragons or anything in it. It's In fact, it's a movie about knights, and I think they're competing, and I think they even joust. Hmm. They might be joustermen okay. in the movie as well. Hmm. What about First first Night? Is that a movie? The one with that, um, a movie. Patrick Stewart? Patrick Stewart's in that? Um, I'm thinking that's... Um, I'm forgetting the guy's name, but yeah, I I haven't seen it. So yeah, I maybe maybe this is the best of the Knights movies. It is. All right. <laughs> so we might kind of have our expectations on the table. I I feel like I enjoyed it, but don't really remember it. 
I'm Ashen definitely going to think it's a two thumbs upper. Yeah. Are we all saying we think it's a good movie? Yes. I think artistically it may not be the best movie, but it's one of those movies that is just fun and you have to enjoy it. For what How it long ago did you see it? Probably four or five years ago. Oh, that's pretty recent. And Ash? Oh, much longer. Okay. I When it came out, I saw it, and then I got the DVD, and I watched it several times because it was one of my favorites back then. Um, but I don't think I've seen it, gosh, I don't know, maybe 10 years? Okay. Maybe more. I don't know. So some time has passed. It has been a long time. All right, so we're going to rewatch Night's Tale. Uh, Ashley said it was on iTunes, so I'm guessing it's not on Netflix. Yeah, it's not on Netflix. I think it's also on Amazon, though. Okay, and I'm sure on Google Play as well. So you might want to watch A Night's Tale and join us after the movie. <laughs> we, we will, will, we will rock, rock you. you. <laughs> I can't remember. I don't know. That's all you get. Fun fact: I googled the lyrics to that song. Oh God! And Google seems to Google think knows what's up. That "We Will Rock You" was written by Nickelback. Oh God! What? Uh, and it's the right. It's lyrics. not even April first yet. Come on. <laughs> All right, so uh, we just watched A Knight's Tale, and uh, we're, we're going to do a little something here. Uh, Brett, I've emailed you a list. Um, this is a list of actual knights of the British realm, and we're going to choose our champions, and we're going to set up a little tournament. Oh! <laughs> Good, don't say it. So, pick, pick, Ash, pick your champion. Oh, I've already, I've already picked it. You've already picked your champion. Brett, pick a champion, and we're going to set up a little joust. Between. Oh no, I didn't <laughs> see him. Oh man. Okay. You have one, Brett? Uh, I'm, I'm going through the list. I'm ready. All right. Who do we got? Brett, who's your champion in our joust tournament? <laughs> Michael Gambon. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's Sir Michael Gambon. <laughs> Is going up against who, Ash? Sean Connery. Sir Sean Connery. <laughs> All right. So in a joust, <laughs> who wins between Sir Michael Gambon and Sir, Sir Sean Connery? Wait, where, who's Michael Gambon? Uh, Dumbledore. Oh, oh, that's hard. Yeah. Do they have Do they have powers? Oh, <laughs> I would say Dumbledore powers versus 007 powers. Oh, dude, that's a quick so draw. Like magic versus sexiness. Dumbledore well, sexiness, <laughs> clearly, clearly. Which is going to knock you off the horse because that magic wand can blast yeah. 007 <laughs> off the horse. I think. <laughs> oh, no, who, do you, <laughs> who do you think? Who do you think takes that, Sam? Dumbledore. Dumbledore. All right, Sam, pick your champion. I pick Sir Patrick Stewart. Ooh. I pick Sir Elton John. Oh! Oh, no. So flamboyance versus just raw man. <laughs> raw yeah. man power. Raw man even into his 90s. Did, <laughs> did I pick your knight? What did you say, Sam? I said, did I pick your knight? No, no. Okay. I like Elton John. I'd put Elton John. Or I could go George H.W. Bush. Uh, why? Up against Patrick Stewart. Why him? Well, you know he would lose. 
<laughs> definitely. He'd probably just like dive into the joust way prematurely, you know, without <laughs> having any plan to win the joust. I like how this article posted a picture of him with the queen, just so you know that they're like serious. They're like, no, really? She knighted yeah. him. I didn't think Americans could be knights. That's weird, right? Like yeah. Robert De Niro? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. So well, do you- like I said, Charlie Chaplin. All right, so Brett, you got to call it. Who wins between Sir Patrick Stewart? I, and I Sir would Elton like John? to make an argument for Sir Patrick oh, Stewart. Okay. Go ahead. Sir Patrick Stewart is not a violent person, so Sir Patrick Stewart would win with some awesome mind game. See, I think he would win <laughs> by just slowly removing one article of clothing at <laughs> <laughs> a time until he seduces Elton John. Yeah, Elton John would just enjoy the hell out of it. Yeah. I mean, you say Patrick Stewart's not a violent person, but Elton John is not a violent person. <laughs> Fair. But El- he is Elton John lover, not a fighter. Elton John has the uh, the the dextra like the dexterousness of of a musician. Patrick Stewart is just like a thinker. So I think I, I think Elton John wins this joust again. Again, Brett. He's not going to miss that Stewart target. Has the dexterousness to take off his clothes. <laughs> <laughs> I think Elton John would get up on the horse and he would say, you can tell everybody that this is your defeat. And then just plow him down. He just starts singing Candle in the Wind and makes him cry. I kind of like Salman Rushdie. I I almost picked him. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, he's survived a lot. That dude is a survivor. All right. I would get Ben Kingsley up there. Yeah, Ben Kingsley. That guy could crush it. Keep going, Brett. Oh, we just Richard found Ashes yeah, yeah, champion. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Oh, <laughs> but he's dead. He he would win because his attack spares no expense. And David Attenborough. <laughs> Richard Attenborough versus David Attenborough. <laughs> well, can they bring nature versus science? Nature. Can they bring their creatures? Can Richard Attenborough bring of dinosaurs course. and David Attenborough brings like penguins? Yeah. No, David Attenborough would bring like fucking lions, like lions or something. And, and whatnot. Right. <laughs> He'd still lose though. Yeah. So what did we think of A Knight's Tale? It, okay. It, it, it totes I, holds up. Yeah? Yeah. You know what? I'm going to say something that- Oh, I, no. <laughs> Just don't. Don't break my heart, Nick. Don't break it. I think the biggest problem with this movie is the modern music. No. <gasps> Meaning, no- I don't think they leaned into it hard enough. Yes! I think they had a few, and then they reeled back. Yeah. Interesting. It it should have been some kick-ass song during the final battle. Yes! Mm. They they just kind of, it seemed like they chickened out and used traditional music. Totally. You know, there was the scene where he first sees Jocelyn was the worst song in the whole movie, in my opinion. Yeah. It was so bad, and I was like, I was Uh like, oh, no. Maybe we're going to have a labyrinth moment where you guys remember you guys said that the, all the music not mm. done by David Bowie was horrible. I was like, maybe we're going to have a moment where all the music that's not a real rock song is horrible in this Oh, you movie. mean just the score? Yeah, that yeah. was some lame score. Yeah, yeah, that was bad. It was like the worst <laughs> of like just 90s phone it in like wank yeah. guitar. Yeah. And insult to injury, he referred to her as Foxy Lady. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, buckle up for another song. Yeah. And 
no thanks. Oh, like they true. just didn't even bother. I bet they had that had song there. Up in there. Oh, you think they planned it, but they couldn't get it? Yeah, or or, or like they had it in there, and then just like s- some d bag in in post was just like that's too on the nose, guys. Never blame yeah. post. But well, how no, dare no, not you. the po- not the post. Like the director in post was just like, I don't like that. After all, like we did that or whole maybe, scene. Maybe the studio was like, guys, yeah. we need to pull back a little bit. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, they got nervous. Maybe. Yeah. That that's my theory. Because it's you know cl- it's. It's so clear that the the rock music is intentional and planned from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And here's the proof of that. And and I was wondering, like, did they shoot this movie one way and add the music later? Right. But no, the proof is that first scene. Absolutely. All of the people in that audience are doing the... And the golden years scene when yeah, they're dancing yeah. because they go from the traditional dance to dancing like that's they're at a the rock one concert. that kind of bums me out. Oh, that's not, my favorite. Not the song, but the fact that they set up the character in the story that he can't dance, mm-hmm. and suddenly he can. Well, he's been practicing all day. Maybe, maybe it was like maybe. he can't formal dance. Nick's like, it doesn't work for me that way. He's like, <laughs> no, he's like I, a club I kinda, kid. I could take that as an explanation. The way I took it was. He didn't know how to do the proper, like, traditional dances, and so they taught him, and so he could kind of do that, but then it morphed. They're like, show us a dance of your people, and so it morphs into him just Mm. dancing free-spirited. Yeah, I mean, that's decent headcanon, but put it in the movie. Why? You really want a scene fucking explaining the dancing? Yeah, I mean, I got it. Because they said, they said, show us a dance of your people. And he starts off very <laughs> like, awkwardly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It worked for me. Okay, That's my favorite enough. scene. Okay. Yeah. I love that song. Brett and I were talking about the music in this. And we think... Well, we, I don't know if Brett agrees, but I think it adds a level. You're married, so. (laughs) It adds a level of energy and like excitement to scenes that would otherwise be really boring with like a traditional Mm -hmm. score. Yeah, like the the boys are back in town thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I can't think of no traditional score that would have felt that way. Yeah, totally. And, And I don't even know if I can explain this properly, but I think it's the best way to go in the sense that the the modern Sherlock Holmes with Benedict Cumberbatch is literally the best way to tell that story. Mm-hmm. Because in that time, in that place of medieval jousts or whatever, they would be stomping and clapping and singing something. Yeah. Something that to them had the energy that to us a queen song has. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So in that context, it's the most logical. Yeah. It was yeah. like tell that bril- story. brilliantly chosen because it's just like, oh, yeah, like that. They could be singing that. Like, I, I get yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if they had the actual song that they actually sang in what, 1480, I wouldn't feel the energy of it. Yeah. And you've got to communicate that energy to the audience. And I yeah. think, I know that most of us, on this podcast are not sports fans, but I think they're, they were really trying to draw the parallels also to football. And, uh, you know, I've seen football stadiums do we, you know, everyone in the crowd start doing, we will rock you. Yeah. You know, so it's, I definitely think. And then they show the shot of the bare chested guys, like bumping into each other. Yeah. So there's like people like drinking and eating. Yeah. And, yeah. Which which brings me to uh the the most unrealistic scene of the movie is when uh 
villain McVillain face uh, was like mm-hmm. out at war, it, and then he has this guy bringing oh, yeah. him like the sports page. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, the really? sports page. <laughs> that's that's something I always think about when I watch Game of Thrones, where something happens and then the next scene they receive a raven. Yeah, <laughs> and we're supposed to me we're supposed to understand. Oh, that happened a few hours ago, and now we know about it. But if you think about it, four weeks have passed since that competition and him getting the news of the competition. Also, you don't just send, like, one raven. Like, the logistics of, like, there's, like, hunter birds out there. They've probably released, like, hundreds of ravens (laughs) with the same message. And, like, everyone in the kingdom gets a copy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Or, like, hopefully hundreds just hoping that one of them makes it. Yeah, yeah. One of them survives. I just saw, to to go back to our greatest hits, I just saw a Futurama episode where... (laughs) A raven arrives and Scruffy like catches the raven and he gets the message and he's like, Raven for you, sir. <laughs> and this would have been like just randomly in the episode? Yeah. That's this is amazing. like five to ten years before Game of Thrones. Before wow. the TV show or before the book? Because the book I guess it, it the book might have been out. Maybe they were playing off of the book. They but called it, was, it. It was a perfect Game of Thrones gag before the Game of Thrones TV show existed. That's amazing. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you guys catch uh, the Benedict Cumberbatch lookalike? Yes, I totally yes. said that. <laughs> I just, I, <laughs> I definitely looked it up just to check, but no. <laughs> yep, I definitely a saw that faced boy. That was amazing. So there was a thing I was gonna say, and I'm gonna reel back a little bit on it because I was pleasantly surprised by this movie. I don't think Heath Ledger across the board is a great actor. Oh, totally disagree. And and I was very pleasantly surprised by what he did in this movie. But oh, okay. having recently, oh, you're not referring to this movie. Well, you're I'm saying, saying a lot of his stuff. Gotcha. Ten things I hate about you. He didn't do anything except look good. Oh, I I recently oh. saw Casanova and he was terrible. Hmm. It was just mumbly, mumbly, mumbly the whole time. In a character that should be you know flamboyant and larger than life, it was just mumbly. And then I start thinking about, well, what's his best performance? Dark Knight, but then second best would be Brokeback Mountain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he's mumbly, mumbly, mumbly in that. And maybe that's just the note he plays that just happened to be perfect for Brokeback Mountain. Hmm. So is Dark Knight the only good performance? But this was pretty good. He felt like he had some life No, to him. yeah. I mean, <coughs> I, I love that moment when they've just taken him out of the gallows thing and the uh, king, Edwards, is like, you know, take a knee. And the look of sheer surprise and joy that comes over Heath Ledger's face is like, it's so genuine that I absolutely believe him. And, And I think what he does in this film, it's like, you can tell that he's emaciated and tired and that he hasn't eaten in days mm. and he's exhausted. But this moment of him finally obtaining his wish and like that look that it's just for a second that like goes across his face, but it's just wonderful. And I just think he does, you know, I just think he's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> he, he does a good way job. Way more life film. to him in this movie than yeah. I've ever seen him had. I mean, I haven't seen those other films, so I can't really. I can't really speak to those, but in all the films I've seen him, I've always really liked him. Another really cool thing about that scene 
that I mentioned to Sam while we were watching is uh, there's a lot of night movies that end with like, oh, you've done the awesome thing. Now you will be knighted. And this movie, like, I don't know. It felt so much more earned because it wasn't like uh, just like a reward given for for mm-hmm. doing the, like he was. Uh, it was something like he needed to progress, and it was something he actually did earlier in the film that came back to yeah. to help him out here. But it yeah. still wasn't like the end of his journey. It was a plant and a payoff, which made it feel more earned like you're saying well counterpoint to that <laughs> that i couldn't help thinking in as i'm watching the movie is that was a classic example of deus ex machina that they fixed by going back and adding one little scene where he met the prince of wales earlier in the movie it's like they intentionally stuck that scene in just to make this make sense in the end hmm. it didn't feel like a yeah, proper but if, setup and payoff. It felt like they just uh, shoehorned that in to make it make think sense about, later. Think about the story in this way. It's a boy who's not noble, whose only dream and desire yeah. is to be a knight. It definitely That is that the level. inevitable end. There could yeah. be no other end than him being knighted by the king. Yeah. And yeah. also, it does work on that level. I will add the whole scene of him like fighting the prince also ties into the other storyline of the other, his arch nemesis dude, whose name I can't remember. Villain McVillain face. Villain, yeah, because <laughs> because he didn't get to fight the villain guy because he yeah. withdrew. Okay. So it's more intertwined than just a stuck-in scene. And they that. did the, the wonderful parallels of, hey, we're both trying to hide who we are to do what we love. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I think, I don't think it was just right. shoehorned in you there. You guys are right. <laughs> All right. But, but let, let's go back to you want to joust Heath, on it? Heath Ledger's <laughs> performance. And I will I will put this out there. I believe that Alan Tudyk, oh my no God. question, is a way better actor. And here's my proof. I believe that Alan Tudyk could have played Heath Ledger's role in this movie. I agree. Yeah. Heath yeah. Ledger could not have played Alan Tudyk's role. That's true. You know, I think he's just a much better actor, which mu- with much greater range. But and to see them side by side and see Heath Ledger as the star, well, it's a, a little bit of a bummer. It's a thing that uh, I know it's everywhere, but I, I, I learned it first in animation. Is uh, the like the main character is always kind of milk toast uh, mm-hmm. because they have to be, yeah. and. Yeah. Uh, it's it's the supporting cast that has the freedom to do you know to just stand there and make a crazy face at every moment like Alan yeah. Tudyk does. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I also don't think it's a fair comparison because, uh, you know, I think it's easy to stand back and say like, well, this actor can do comedy and drama, so therefore they're a better actor. But I think, you know, I think those are different skill sets. Sure. Okay. So I don't think it's necessarily uh, fair to compare because I don't think, you know, every actor, like if you took a serious good actor, you know, and and tried to make them do comedy, of course they wouldn't be good at comedy. Mm. You know, that's a completely different skill set that takes a lot of honing. Fair enough. Um, I think I think he has. I think if Heath, the the thing that kills me about Heath Ledger is I think if he was still here today, 
what he would have developed into mm. would be incredible. I think what we're seeing here is him still developing. Yes. And I think and he was Dark Knight reaching, was a turning point. Yes, he was Brokeback reaching. Brokeback was kind of a turning point. Mm -hmm. but yeah. And he and I think he has it in him to do comedy because 10 Things I Hate About You, he's a little comedic as well. You know, he's got mm. that wacky side. Like, I think he could be um, the the lead character in Guardians of the Galaxy easy, you know? I'm going to give you a better one. I kept thinking of this throughout the movie, and it's not a comedy thing. Mm -hmm. If Heath Ledger were alive today, there's a lot of conversation about a remake of Highlander. Oh, that would be good. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. He would crush that role. Yeah. Yeah. With the help and of Queen. It's just yeah. a, it's a different skill set. Like, and I, I'm not arguing against Alan Tunick being an amazing actor. I think he's awesome. <laughs> so, but I just think, yeah, you that, know. that's that's all a really good point. Yeah. Yep. So, and oh, go ahead, Sam. Sorry. Um, no. Earlier, you mentioned the supporting cast being able to do whatever they want, and I want to point out that I think the supporting cast made this movie. Oh, totally. Like they're so lovable. They're so each like background character or background character had like a distinct personality that was so incredibly fun to watch. And like mm -hmm. it made the movie for me. And it also yeah. I think like how not serious they were or like how tongue in cheek they were acted, like really helped sell the music too for some mm -hmm. reason. Yeah. Because Yeah, you can't play this movie too serious. Exactly. Yeah. So I enjoyed that a lot. Even the guy who was like the call guy for villain McVillain face, <laughs> even that guy, like his personality slowly starts to seep through. So by the end, he's like trying to be a better caller like the other guy is, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, and he's like the Harold. Yeah. Trying to be a better Harold. And, you know, you can see he's like. He can't help but love the other team too, you know. By the yeah. way, uh, uh, fuck, what's his name? The the their their scribe guy is the fucking best. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like favorite character in the movie by oh, yeah. far. I want to just spend time with Paul Bettany and Mark Addy. Like those guys have so much personality in this movie. I said that Alan Tunick stole the show, but I really meant Paul Bentley. Bettany, 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 Bettany. I really meant him because yeah. I, he was always my favorite character when I watched this film when it first came out because he just completely amazing. He was he was like completely, completely nude. <laughs> yeah, completely. Dude, I love twice, guys, twice. I love that scene where um, Dudik is beating him up and they just frame the shot around his bare butt. As he's like yeah. getting punched, it was amazing. <laughs> There's a lot of like uh, flowery dialogue in this movie, but it, it well, like he's Chaucer. No, but not not him. Like everyone has uh, some lines that are just like that was pretty like poetic for yeah. such a weird tongue in cheek kind of movie. Uh, yeah, and also that like that just doesn't happen a lot in in. In movies in general, like people don't go out of their way to write things that sound deep, even if they're even even the jokes they make have like some witty dialogue. And I don't know, I, yeah, I really liked it. They were trying to go with the period dialogue as comedy and and mm -hmm. as personality to the characters, and I think that kind of worked. Fed him, fed him well. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
That's yeah. my favorite line. My favorite line is I'm a writer. I give the truth scope as a way of saying he lies. Yeah. <laughs> it's my new, that's what I'm going to tell people. I'm a writer. I give the truth scope. Oh, other favorite moment, which Nick also called out, was the Leroy Jenkins oh, yeah. moment. Like, who in the middle of the battle screams their own name? <laughs> William! That is such a Leroy Jenkins maneuver. <laughs> Leroy! What was that supposed to be? I, and it wasn't even like, say your name or who are you? It was just the thing to yell was your own damn name. It's, it's pointing out that he is besting this nobleman and he himself is yeah. actually a peasant. Like that's, it's, it's, that's what the filmmakers are trying to say anyway. It's just weird. It, it was weird. It came off a little weird, but yeah. I love the scene though. It cuts to him on the ground. It's <laughs> point of view of all of them popping their head in. You know, what's weird about that, that shot, that specific shot. I've seen that shot in gladiator and it was brilliant where he's laying flat on his back, but he's floating over the earth. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Like there's a good, you know, oh, yeah. foot between him and the ground. And Gladiator was awesome because he was moving and the earth below him was moving in perspective. And when I saw that shot, I'm like, oh, that's going to be cool. They're just going to like slide him. But he didn't move. There was no reason for him to be so separated from the ground. No, because it was the uh, it was the Assassin's Creed moment where you get to talk to someone right <laughs> after killing them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just kind of weird. Oh, yeah, I thought the way they wrote the main chick was really interesting because she's like she's like totally aware of how she is supposed to act and how it's unfair towards women and is totally tongue in cheek about it. Mm. You know, yeah, it was reminding me a lot when I was watching this. I was like, I see a theme in the films I liked when I was a young, <laughs> a young one. I liked the movies with the rebellious women that were like, don't you talk to me that way. Yeah, yeah. she yells at a clergyman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yep. I'll tell you what I super liked was, and and I find myself thinking this, and I don't know if I was just remembering it deep in the back of my head, but earlier in the movie, there's all these knights saying that they'll win the tournament for her. Mm -hmm. And I kept thinking, it's like, well, if you really cared about me, then lose the tournament for oh, me. Oh, God, and then she did it. You know, and I, <laughs> maybe I was just remembering it from this movie, uh -huh. but I thought that would be a brilliant turn. And yeah. when it did happen in the movie, I'm like, yes, I'm invested in this concept. Yeah. yeah. Like, if you really care, lose the tournament, because you clearly care about this tournament more than you do about me. Uh, mm -hmm. And she even says that. She's like, if you win, it doesn't prove anything about how you feel about me. Like, it boosts yeah. your pride and, like, your self-worth. Shows nothing of me. If you lose for me, it's putting your pride below me, which means yeah. you value me more, which mm -hmm. is totally Plus, interesting. There was this whole idea that she was annoyed that every knight said that to her, except for William. And then when he did say that to her, it was kind of a gut punch. Yeah. That whole scene, like, the filming was pretty interesting. That was in a it. long yeah. shot. It was a long shot and it was far away. Which, like, you read it was their a flawless dolly, yeah, flawless, and you like read their body language. And then mm -hmm. when they cut in really close at the end, like, you're like, oh, like, you really feel their emotions. I was shocked to like appreciate 
that. And I, I loved how everyone is like, they're not even pretending to ignore them. They're like staring at them like they're yeah. having an argument. In church. <laughs> yeah. And and like uh, Heath Ledger throughout this film sometimes just feels like a caged animal. Like at the end of the argument, the only thing he can say to her is he just glares at her and he's like, and he turns <laughs> yeah. around and walks away. Like he just has this pent up like rage sometimes. Heath Ledger's really good at being a dumb blonde. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's kind of that athlete thing who's so like focused in yeah. on the physical mm-hmm. competition. His pride. Yeah. He was focused on the pride. But at the same time, you know, I think all the characters love him for it. So yeah. it's like it's both his character flaw, but it also makes him lovable because he's so like determined. Yeah. Question. There's another moment. Oh, oh, go, go ahead, for it. No, no. Mine is derailing the topic, so go for it. Well, mine is too. Okay. I have a connected one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you do a connected one. Uh, s- s- speaking of the the really cool uh, shots, like the like the flawless dolly, uh, man, there were a lot of really neat ways of telling the, the story of a joust over and over without repeating yeah. it. And really, like, making you feel the impact with those shots. I am blown away by the stunts in this movie. Yeah. I can't imagine how they got hit by those lands. They must have had a lightweight thing that shatters on impact. Or how that guy had a horse roll over him. that's the one that blows me away. The horse stunts in this movie are ridiculous. Yeah. You got to wonder if the horse There's a guy who was dragged by a horse. Did you guys notice in the final credits, the stunt coordinator got the first credit? Really? De- before wow. the cast, like deservedly wow. that is so. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Black screen, stunt coordinator. Yeah. Is there an Oscar for stunt coordinator? And not, not once, not once do you go, oh, that's a fake body on a horse. Oh, or never. Something. Yeah. Oh, it all felt completely yeah. real. And there's there was one moment where, and I know this film was f- filmed before they had GoPros. But there's one moment GoPros. where if it was filmed today, I'd be like, they stuck a GoPro on that Lance. So I don't know how the fuck they got that shot. Because, like, <laughs> I know they didn't have GoPros. <laughs> they just ran they a camera into lance. someone. <laughs> they could put the Lance on a crane. I guess so, put yeah. the camera mounted on it. But, yeah. There's also, like, a ultra super extreme close-up of a horse's eyeball mm. that pulled out into the joust arena. Oh, yeah. That oh, I, I can't that comprehend how they would have gotten that shot. So another thing that I kind of predicted, that scene with his father when they're in the house and there's the rain, I went through this whole thing in my head. I'm like, huh, his roof's leaking and his name's Thatcher, but he is blind, so I guess that makes sense. And then that whole thing played out in the dialogue immediately following that. <laughs> it's like, okay, I, I guess that is kind of a nice thing that they wrote around there. I think what you were learning is that you're observant. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> that was like during the Star Trek movie when we kept asking questions and then they were immediately answered <laughs> yeah. right after. Oh, yeah. yes. <laughs> oh, so Nick, I had a question for you. You always point out the woman is a prize thing. Yeah. And I want to know how you feel about the scene in the tent where she says to William like here's your prize and he's like I'm not deserving of the prize did 
I'm on the fence. Like it wasn't perfectly the woman is a prize, but it didn't sit yeah. well as like self-aware that that is a problem. And do you, how do you feel? The, the very first moment we saw her on the screen, it triggered that reaction that I always have of he sees her and immediately he's in love with her. Yeah. But I kind of feel like the movie redeemed itself from there. Yeah. And and I kept finding myself thinking as I'm watching this movie, like, you know what? That happens. You know, one person will see somebody else and be immediately infatuated. In the real world, that shit doesn't work out 90% of the time, yeah. you know? But to, like, immediately want to follow that girl down the street, eh, I could see that. I kind of had this this thought about it, too, which was, like, uh, th- even though, you know, they they broke her strong woman rule by being having her go, like, here's your prize. Uh, it's it They didn't really, because th- it was kind of implicit in the whole, like, l- losing the tournament thing. Like, she's like, hey, like, do this and prove you love me. And then, like... And then it's it's on, you know, like, well, that was kind of the the like he proved that she wasn't the prize because he was willing to lose for her. No, I mean, here here it is. I, I feel like she and it was specifically sure, her intent was to subvert that. Yeah, that she's acknowledging this thing was set up that I would be your prize. Ha ha ha. Yeah, we fucked around with that. And as a wink, wink joke. Here I am as okay. your prize. Yeah. Now, okay. This movie still doesn't quite pass the Bechdel test, but it didn't hurt me as bad as I hate to say the Lego movie hurt me. I did find it interesting with the blacksmith, that whole scene where she's like, Did they say that I couldn't do it because I'm a woman? And then he's like, <laughs> And um, Will is like, No, that wasn't even brought up. Like, that was kind of funny. And they just said you were a shitty blacksmith. <laughs> <laughs> but that was also another one of those classic examples of like flimsy psychology that it's yeah. like, we as the audience see how flimsy that is. Why don't the characters in the movie see how flimsy that is? Yeah. yeah. Well, again, it wasn't taken so seriously. Yeah. yeah. And they kind of set her character up a little bit hot headed, you know, like when he turns her down to like join them, she like, breaks the thing and storms off like she's a little little hot tempered but once again as always happens in movies like this she's more attractive than the the main prize character woman oh really i think the main woman is gorgeous i think she's so beautiful what is there anything there Personality-wise, that's interesting about her. Oh, yeah. well, the blacksmith chick was way cooler. The other chick yeah. just had cool clothes. Well, she also was a little sassy and like told people what to do and stood up for herself. Like yeah. she I, was she, better than a lot of similar characters yeah. in that position. But you're right. Like her character didn't measure up to the blacksmith at all in comparison. And I, you know, it's interesting. I didn't never really thought about it until you pointed it out, and I really noticed it this time, Sam. But you are totally right about how the costumes feel a bit like they have a modern twist. Yeah. And even the blacksmith, like I love how her hair is like subtly dyed uh, green. Yeah. You know, and like I like that yeah, they the, made the them a little punk hair rock. Dye and the makeup was way modern. Yep. Well, the co- like. There was one particular costume of Jocelyn where she literally looks like Audrey Hepburn. 
Is that the one? It's oh, like the first, with the, hat. Or the second costume. Yeah, yeah with the hat with yeah. the white stripe on it. And- it's so cool. Mm-hmm. Like, and it fits in the scene, but if you're looking for it, yeah. you totally notice how like modern it feels. <laughs> Not just her, but like all the characters too. Yeah. Like, um, you know, the Harold guy has this like cool leather jacket with like a fur trim, you know, and Alan Tunic. Because just making it look cool was more important than being like period yeah. accurate. And I love it. Yeah. yeah. And I, I mentioned before that I recently watched the Casanova movie with Heath Ledger, but I also watched the Casanova. Well, I also watched, <laughs> I, I watched the Casanova with David Tennant. I saw both oh. of those recently. And they did a really interesting thing in the David Tennant version where there was a point where, you know, the, the sexual freedom got way the fuck off the chain. And people were wearing very modern costumes for that scene. And it's it's like what we saw here in this movie. It's like it definitely communicated a different tone because the costumes took a a huge shift into a modern design. It's kind of neat. Kind of a neat way to use that. So what are our final thoughts on uh, Ash? Oh, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) That's your final thought. Yeah. What, what celebrity <laughs> night were you jousting there? Tell us who you were taken down. Uh, George W. Bush, for sure. <laughs> Easy target, but um, I guess I was wrong. You more. must have clicked I'm on a sorry. weird link. I don't know. There's Sandra Bullock yeah. now. Sorry. Sandra Bullock is not a knight. No. Um, I still loved it. I thought it was great. I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, I think it I think it really held up... Um, you know, there were a few little things here and there, but I I still really enjoy this movie. Is Alan Tunic always in, in Firefly? Is he sassy like that? Or Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, I got to watch Firefly. Oh, he's super fun in Firefly. Oh, man. I just love his, like, he gets so mad he can't even, like, say words. Yeah, yeah. I, fe- I feel like the... the uh, the sassy, like Drew the short straw kind of character is Alan Tudyk's strong point. Like that's I mean, what that he is does. him well, in Rogue One. <laughs> sure, sassy robot. But watch Dollhouse, and he's badass. Isn't he the? Was... <laughs> I don't want to spoil. She's trying not to throw out a spoiler, so she whispers. <laughs> I have a... You might want to edit around. Never that. mind. <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> you can't whisper spoilers and think they're not spoilers. <laughs> just... So, was it Alan Tunick or the uh, the announcer dude who was in Death at a Funeral? Oh, the British no version, not the American. Oh version. yeah, one of them is. I can't oh. remember which one because they look so similar. But he was also hilarious in that movie. I love that movie. Yeah, I'm I'm looking it up. Somebody else say their reactions. I'll look it up. So in the end, I felt like this was pretty good. I definitely enjoyed it. Like I said, I wish they'd leaned more into the modern music. I hate when people pull their punches. You know, if you have a crazy idea, stand behind it and do it. It's due justice. And I feel like I kind of want to go back to the cash register and hand them another 30 to 45 minutes back. (laughs) Really? It was it was a, a long movie. It was really kind of unnecessarily long. But in the end, those are pretty minor complaints. I think it it definitely worked. I think it was a way more fun movie than I've ever seen Knights be in a movie. And probably ever will. Well, maybe. 
Sam, the answer was Alan Tunick. Wow. Okay. Yeah, he was All- hilarious in that movie. Also, did you know that that movie is directed by Frank Oz? Death at a Funeral? Yes. Huh. Huh. Crazy. Did anyway. not know that. The more He's you done a lot know. of good movies. Yeah. I agree with you, Nick. Totally. I'm, I'm shocked at how well this movie held up. And I think I take back my guilty pleasure assessment. Yeah. I am proud no to enjoy to this there. movie. And it's really fun. And like just really clever and i like it a lot and i do wish there were more rock and roll songs i totally agree yeah, yeah. there uh a new new uh new theorem for you guys uh i don't think there's a movie that can't be improved with queen <laughs> as we have discovered time and time again so it's um uh, time. Uh, boobs christopher walken oh, or queen right yes <laughs> boobs christopher walken queen Perfect. It makes me really want to see Flash Gordon. I've never seen it. You know, I feel like if you were to cross Christopher Walken with boobs, you would get Freddie Mercury. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, you know? I don't know. Maybe? Huh. (laughs) Sam is not on board. (laughs) I'm thinking that one through. It was a joke. (laughs) I'm not serious. I'm just thinking <laughs> like you're not serious Walken. about conducting this highly controversial scientific Quick, experiment. Let's get some scientists. Let's get some swabs, some boob swabs. <laughs> Christopher, can you come here? I'm not here? sure you understand how science works. I'll just get some DNA swabs. No. <laughs> okay. No. Maybe I don't understand science. Yeah. All right, so that's our show. Wait, did Brett say? I, oh, sorry. I guessed it was good. It was good, man. This was a good it movie. It was good. In, in, in many ways. Not the best movie, but a great movie. All right. So that is our show for this. That's yeah. If, if you like the show. Oh, you're just going to go with that? I completely dumped Brett, on it. Let him redo his outro, man. He's, oh, yeah. No, I did run with it. That's a show. <laughs> <laughs> Keep all of this in. If you like the show, this is part of Last Dash TV. Uh, we got a YouTube channel with a drinking show and a cooking show and video game parodies. And this and podcast. Jello pudding pops. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, um, I can't promise that. Yeah, I said the thing. Yeah. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. We're at Laugh TV. And for this podcast, we're at Let's Rewatch. Please tweet at us your movie suggestions. Uh, like Brett said, we do video game parodies and our Fallout 4 parody <coughs> that we've been working on for a year because I know I've been telling you guys about it for Working on for a year and announcing on this podcast for like six for, months. <laughs> yeah, for a really long time. It's finally coming out, guys. Like for real. Like in the next week or two, for real. <laughs> don't I laugh at me. We won't believe you till we hear a date. And if you liked our show, please give us a review on iTunes or Google Play. We appreciate your feedback, and we hope that you'll share us with your friends. And we'll keep doing this show every two weeks, so make sure your podcast subscriptions are up to date, and join us in another two weeks for another episode of Let's Rewatch. Yeah, next week we're going to be watching... A movie I kind of want to watch, man. Billy the Kid versus Dracula. 
Oh, who would win in that joust? Uh, Billy the Kid. <laughs> you don't think Dracula gun. would like fly, fly through the air with his? Jo- oh, he does have a gun. That's true. He's got a gun. Well, wait, no, you can't just shoot Dracula. <laughs> well, maybe that's not how Dracula. Is. No, 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 that's werewolves. No, oh. you can't just shoot Dracula to death. But you can shoot Dracula. Yeah, you don't have to kill a person to win a joust. You just have to knock him off. One does not simply shoot Dracula.